If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you will be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV. Trials can blindside you or rise up from within you. They can be as personal as a friend's betrayal or as impersonal as a global pandemic. What can you do? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah shares how looking at trials from God's perspective can reveal the good that can come from them. From When Your World Falls Apart, here's David to introduce his message, Psalm for a Dark Night. Well, here we go, friends. We're going to jump into the Psalms because, you know what somebody told me a long time ago, that if you looked at somebody's Bible who's been a Christian for a long time, you will find more tear stains on the book of Psalms pages than any other place in the Bible. And you say, well, why would I want to do that? Because that reminds you, where do you go when you're going through something that's really hard? You go to the book of Psalms because there you find hope and help and encouragement and understanding because everything that we have experienced and all that we're experiencing now was experienced by David. And he wrote about it in his journal. He reflected honestly about how it was affecting his life. And then he gave us these wonderful truths that come to us only in the book of Psalms. Today, we're going to look at Psalm 71. So if you have your Bible close by, you know, the Psalms are right in the center of your Bible. As you open the Bible to the center, you'll be in the book of Psalms. Then find the 71st Psalm, and we're going to talk about that today and tomorrow here on Turning Point. We've called this a Psalm for a Dark Night. And I guess that would be a good way to describe what we're going through, the loss of work, the loss of job, and for many, the um, the infrequency of enough food, uh, not being able to go to church, not being able to go to school, not being able to go to work. This is a dark night. Here's a psalm for us from the Bible, the place we always turn when we need help. And we'll get to it in just a moment. And let me just tell you that we have a brand new book that really gives you a lot of the material from the Psalms. It's called Shelter in God, Your Refuge in Times of Trouble. It's brand new. It just came out. Uh, Thomas Nelson worked with us uh, pretty much night and day for the first few weeks of this pandemic so that we would have something to put in your hands to be an encouragement to you. Some of you are asking a lot of questions. Why is this happening? When will everything go back to normal? And perhaps the most pressing question of all, where is God when it feels like everything is falling apart? Well, we're going to find the answers to many of those questions as we explore these psalms together in this special inspirational series. And once again, um, you can have the book Shelter in God for a gift of any size during the month of June. We want to be a blessing to you. We want to encourage you. We want to add value to your life and strength uh, to your spirit and soul during these days. So ask for your copy uh, when you send your gift to Turning Point today. Well, we're talking about a psalm for a dark night, Psalm 71. Let's go. Thinking a lot about why God brings things into our lives and what he does in the process of it and 
I want to tell you up front, I have got all the answers by any means, but you learn things in a dark night that you don't see in the daylight. And some of those things I want to talk to you about today. It was about three o'clock in the morning at the, the Green Hospital. And without going into all the details of what I was experiencing, I had uh, taken this treatment and I was on morphine. I've never been on morphine before. I don't recommend it. I was on a morphine drip, which means it was dripping into my system. And it was going on all through the day and night. Well, morphine has different reactions with different people. And I would sleep for a little bit, and then I'd wake up, and I'd be just totally wide awake trying to figure out what was going on. Where was I? What was happening? It was during one of those nights when I was not sleeping. I was, I guess, on that for about five days. I woke up, and I remembered that someone had given to me a scripture verse and said, Pastor, you need to read this. And I don't even remember now who it was, but it was an angel of God. And at three o'clock in the morning, not in my right mind, but being the best I could be at that moment, I pulled out my Bible and I began to read Psalm 71. And it was incredible to me what that Psalm did in my life. And I don't want to go into a lot of detail about my own personal experiences because this is really not about me. This is about God Almighty and what he can do in any one of our lives. And he has certainly trusted each of us with our own set of challenges. Even the best of God's people at one time or another are prone to ask questions when things happen they don't understand. And that is because of our humanity. Things do happen. How many of you know things happen? It was like that for a a man that I read about not long ago who was a hard-hat employee who'd had a really difficult accident, and he was asked to fill out a report. And he filled this report out to try to be helpful to his supervisors, and this is what the report said. When I got to the building where I was working, I found that the hurricane had knocked off some of the bricks around the top of the building. So I rigged up a beam with a pulley at the top of the building and hoisted up a couple of barrels full of bricks. When I had fixed the damaged area, there were a lot of bricks left over. Then I went to the bottom and began releasing the line. Unfortunately, the barrel of bricks was much heavier than I was. And before I knew what was happening, the barrel started coming down, jerking me up. I decided to hang on since I was too far off the ground by then to jump. And halfway up, I met the barrel of bricks coming down fast. I received a hard blow on my shoulder, and then I continued to the top, banging my head against the beam and getting my fingers pinched and jammed in the pulley. When the barrel hit the ground hard, it burst its bottom, allowing the bricks to spill out. I was now heavier than the barrel. So I started down again at high speed. Halfway down, I met the barrel coming up fast and I received severe injuries to my shins. When I hit the ground, I landed on the pile of spilled bricks, getting several painful cuts and deep bruises. At that point, I must have lost my presence of mind because I let go of my grip on the line. The barrel came down fast, giving me another blow on my head and putting me in the hospital. I respectfully request sick leave. (laughs) 
How many of you at one time or another for the way life beats up on you have requested sick leave to God? You know, I just want to drop out for a while and not be a part of what's happening. Well, the 71st Psalm certainly was penned by someone who was going through a similar experience. There is no superscription to Psalm 71, as you notice by looking down at your Bible. Often at the top of the Psalm, you can learn who wrote it. There is no superscription here because they're not really sure who did write it, but it is pretty evident to me that it was David and that it is a continuation of the thought process that you find in the 70th Psalm. And most scholars who have tried to pinpoint when this psalm was written by David say it was during the time when his son Adonijah was trying to usurp the authority of the throne which David had promised to Solomon. So here was David in his old age. His two boys, Absalom, who was already tried to take the throne, and Adonijah, who was trying to usurp Solomon's role. And David is going through some heartache. You talk about trouble with your kids. David could have expected it by the things that he did in his earlier life, but David paid a price that was heavy. And there's no pain that's like parental pain, and David was feeling it at the very core of his life. I guess it really doesn't matter too much who wrote the psalm because it's God's word and it's filled with truth that will help us no matter what our problems might be. One of the things I do know about the author is this. He was well acquainted with the word of God. For in the 24 verses of Psalm 71, there are over 50 quotations or allusions to other psalms. The psalm itself is simply a compilation of God's word. Over and over again, you see phrases that are from another psalm here, and and the psalmist put it together in this most poetic form. So I want to talk with you for a little bit about the kinds of things that happen to us and how we are to respond and what we should do when they happen. First of all, I think it's important for us to take a visit to the reality of the trials in a believer's life. Sometimes people get the impression that if they're Christians, they should never have any trouble. That we should get a card that says, exempt from all suffering as soon as we accept the Lord. But there is no evidence that that has even been an afterthought in the word of God. We are not exempt from suffering. We are human people. The different dimension is how we deal with it. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12, Beloved, don't think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing had happened to you. It's not strange. It's not unique. Everybody goes through difficulty, whether they're believers or not. And as the writer of Psalm 71 faced the pathway before him, He saw that it was suddenly a very steep hill to be climbed with many, many obstacles to be overcome. And he writes about it with a passion that only he could express. If we look through the psalm, we will begin to pick up some of the reasons that we have trials in our lives. For instance, sometimes we have trials because of ungodly foes. Notice verse 4 of chapter 71. Deliver me, O God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. David had some people who were his enemies and they were creating stress for him. The word cruel there is a word from which the Old Testament gets the word leaven. It means he was wicked and he was spreading his wickedness every way he could. It was fermenting. And it was ugly. 
Sometimes you have problems because of enemies. Maybe you have someone where you work or someone that you have to deal with in another company. Someone who knows perhaps that you're a Christian is decided out of their anger at God to make you the focal point. And so they do everything they can to make your life miserable. I know some Christians whose lives have been turned upside down because of another individual. It can happen and it can happen to you. Sometimes we have trials, says this psalmist, because of an uncertain future. Notice the ninth verse of the psalm where David speaks about getting old. In fact, I must tell you, when I first read this psalm, I thought it might have been a cruel joke on the part of whoever gave it to me. Because later on in the psalm, the psalmist says, Oh God, please don't forsake me when I am old and gray-headed. I sort of felt at the time I was reading that that I was both. But notice how he alludes to the fact that sometimes trials are a factor of our biological clock. He says, don't cast me off in the time of old age and don't forsake me when my strength fails. And sometimes there is a trial that comes to us because of sickness. You're going along and everything's fine and you never dream that you'll ever hear the word cancer related to your name, and then you hear it, and all of a sudden the reality settles in, and you realize that you didn't vote for it, you didn't get to ask about it, you didn't have anything to say about it, and it happened. And as you know, it's not a respecter of people. Sometimes people think, well, if you're a pastor, this shouldn't happen to you. Well, why not? I'm a people before I'm a pastor. <laughs> and things happen to people because of our humanity. He gives us another clue as to why we can have problems in verses 10 through 13. Sometimes it's because of unfaithful friends. Notice what he says in these verses. For my enemies speak against me, and those who lie in wait for my life take counsel together, saying, God has forsaken him. Pursue and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O oh God, do not be far from me. O oh my God, make haste to help me. Let them be confounded and consumed who are adversaries of my life. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor who seek my hurt. David has some people who are trying to subvert his authority. These are not foes. These are people from within his own circle. The folks who are trying to hurt him, if this is a part of Adonijah's rebellion were not just enemies, they were the people of his own family, his own son. Absalom tried to take the throne away from David, and Adonijah tried to take the throne away from the son of David to whom he had promised it. He knew that his father was old, and so he rushed to try to work a power play against his own dad. Can you imagine how that must have hurt? Sometimes... People tell us of their family troubles and the trials that come because people who once were in love become bitter enemies one to another. The lawyers that I talk to tell me there is no more bitter scene in all the world than you see often in a divorce court where people who have been bound to each other by vows have now become bitter enemies and they come together in a court of law to destroy one another with hatred in their heart. And a person who has sensitivity toward God in any sense of the word cannot help but just die inwardly when that happens. Sometimes trials come because of unfaithful friends. 
But there's another thought here in this psalm, and I'm not taking this right now chronologically, but I'm just showing you the thoughts that God gave me in the psalm. Sometimes we have trials in our lives because of an unequaled father. Did you know that God's involved in our trials? He doesn't just know that they happen to us, friends. He allows them, and sometimes he even sends them. Did you know that? Just as a father who loves his children will allow his children to experience difficulties and try to work them through so they can grow in their knowledge and strength of how to deal with difficulties, God often sends difficulties into our lives to strengthen us and to make us better children in his family. And you surely see this in verses 19 and 20. Also your righteousness, O God, is very high. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you, you who have shown me great and severe troubles. God, you did it. He said, there's no God like you, but you've shown me great and severe troubles. And some of you could say, yeah, I'm in that class. He's done that to me. Say, why would God do that? Why would he let that happen? When troubles come and trials come into our lives and Whether they're for these reasons or any other reasons, there are certain reactions that we have. Let's talk about the results of trials in the believer's life. How do we feel when that happens? Oh, we have many different feelings. And people have asked me over the years, when you found out you had cancer, were you afraid? Absolutely. Totally afraid. Yes, I was. Afraid to die? No, but not anxious to do it either. (laughs) My fear was more the loss of my relationship for at least a period of time with the people that I love and all the kinds of things that go through your heart went through mine. Let me tell you what you feel when trials come into your life. The David or the author of this psalm has certainly touched on numbers of them. First of all, sometimes you feel so totally vulnerable. There's a sense of vulnerability. You know, especially for those of us in the male gender who've had pretty much everything under control, you know? We've got it all figured out. We're gonna have 40 more years to do the things we planned and we're gonna take care of our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and we've got it all scoped out. And then something happens that begins to cast doubt on the possibility of all that and you feel so vulnerable. An interesting thing is that the seventh verse of the 71st Psalm says it this way, I have become as a wonder to many. But you are my strong refuge. What David meant was that everyone was watching him to see what he would do. If that's true for the average person, let me tell you, if you happen to be a Christian leader, it's really true for you. You feel a sense of great pressure and vulnerability. Notice what David did. He didn't know what he would do, but he was watching God to find out what God would do. That's what any of us does when we feel that sense of vulnerability. Then... When you go through trials, whether it's illness or any other kind of life-threatening thing that happens to you, you not only feel a sense of vulnerability, you feel a sense of insecurity. Notice in verse 2, David cries out, Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Lord, I want out. Help me to get out of this mess. Let me wake up tomorrow morning and it won't be there. Verse 9, he says it the same way. He says, do not cast me away in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. One of the commentators that writes on this psalm, who I read, titled the psalm, Psalm for a Godly Old Man. (laughs) 
I like the godly part, the old man part, I'm not sure about. But if it is true that this psalm was written to help those who are maturing in age, let me tell you, there is no need for those who are facing that like the need of security, is there? So often the natural defenses that older people have against life's injuries are gone. They are retired from their employment. Sometimes their health is failing. Many of their friends are dying. Their minds are not as sharp as they used to be. Their income is greatly reduced. And they feel very defenseless and oftentimes very insecure. And the need for God is realized at a greater extent. And it's interesting to me that when David writes of the metaphors for God's help, he uses two main metaphors. One of them is in verse 3. It's called a strong refuge. He said, God, you're my strong refuge. <laughs> and the other's in verse 3-2. He says, you are my rock and my fortress. When you're getting through with the growing old process and things aren't the way they used to be and you begin to not feel as strong and secure as you need someone to whom you can go who will be your fortress and your strong refuge who will be your rock and David said I found in God that he is that one for me praise his name not only do you feel vulnerable and insecure but when you're going through problems you feel a sense of dependency you know one of the great characteristics of a strong leader before he knows God, and if he's not walking with God, one of the great characteristics is he is self-reliant. He is independent. He can make his own decisions and chart his own course and do his own thing. But sickness takes that away from you. And life-threatening things that come into your life begin to erode that sense of totally independent determination. And all of a sudden you begin to realize, this is something I don't have any control over. Lord, I don't know what to do with this. Lord, this is, I've never faced this before, and I don't know what to do. Oh, God, if you don't break through for me big and strong, I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> Lord, you're the only one. You say, well, I haven't been there yet, but I'll tell you what, your biological clock is ticking, and you will get there. All of us face that. We face the sense of vulnerability, insecurity, and dependency. And then sometimes along with this dependency, there's almost a feeling of panic or emergency. Notice in the 12th verse, David says, make haste to help me. Lord, please do it now. Lord, I know this could take a long time, but if you could, Lord, just wave your wand over this whole situation and make all the hurt go away. Make all the pain disappear. Take away whatever it is that they say is in my body that shouldn't be there. Lord, just make it be gone. Isn't that what we feel? What I love about the Psalms is they were written by a real person who faced trials just like we face. And he didn't try to put a spin on them. He just told it like it was. Well, you say, Pastor Jeremiah, that's reality of trials and the result of trials in our life. What do we do with them? Someone has said the Psalm is filled with great praise and great complaining all at once. And I don't know if that's true, but I know that after you get past David saying what it really was like in his own life, he takes the high road and he shows us a direction. And I hope if you don't hear anything else I say, you kind of write down these few things because I believe these are critical to all of us 
We don't have a theology of adversity in the church these days. We've got all of this prosperity gospel that's so permeated all of the stuff we do so that now we have positive this and positive that. And how many of you know that as much as you'd like it to be, life just isn't always positive. Sometimes the positive things get interrupted. I'd like it to be positive, but I'm a very positive thinker. But I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have a plan going into adversity, you won't do very well with it. Sooner or later, all of us face it of one kind or another. Unexpected, unannounced, uncharted, unplanned. What do you do? Well, that's the question, isn't it? What do you do? And that's the question everybody's asking right now. Pastor, what should I do? Pastor, where's this going? What's going to happen next? Where are we in all of this? That's the reason we hustled and, and hurried and worked day and night to put together this brand new 300-page book called Shelter in God. From material that I have studied in the past on the Psalms, we've brought it all together into this one package to make it available to you now so that you will have something you can hold in your hand, something you could read from every day, something to give you inspiration and encouragement and hope send a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month of June and simply say, please send me the book, Shelter in God. It will be on its way to you. We have these in our warehouse. We're ready to ship them as soon as we hear from you. It's a dark month. It's a dark time. But there is light, and God is the light. And if we keep our eyes on Him, He will help us and strengthen us. So this is meant to help you do that, to focus your attention on God Uh, from this beautiful Old Testament book we call the Psalms. These are the sheltering Psalms of David. And we'll finish what we started today, tomorrow, as we talk again about the Psalm for a Dark Night, Psalm 71. Please join us tomorrow. I'm David Jeremiah. Thank you so much for being with us today. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, When Your World Falls Apart, visit our website where we offer two free ways to help you stay connected our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. When you do, ask for your copy of David's helpful new book, Shelter in God. It's sure to encourage you in this unprecedented time, and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard and New International Versions, as well as in Standard or Large Print in the New King James, all in a variety of handsome cover options. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, When Your World Falls Apart, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Legacy. When I think about my life and the legacy I will leave behind one day, I remember the legacy of faith I saw in the lives of my parents, and it is now reflected in the lives of my children and grandchildren. Then I reflect upon the calling God placed on my heart to preach and teach, and I think of the people who have been touched around the world through the ministry of Turning Point. Each of us will leave a legacy. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? In addition to the legacy that will be entrusted to your family, perhaps you have considered leaving your imprint on something with eternal consequences. 
Many people don't think beyond this life. They live only for today with no hope beyond the grave. But for the believer, we not only have an eternal perspective on life today, we want to leave behind a testimony of our faith so that others may come to know Christ as well. Long after you and I finish our time on this earth, Turning Point will continue to bring the unchanging Word of God to an ever-changing world. And there is still so much work to do. Will you join me in this very important effort? What will your legacy be? If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. 